Hey, welcome to Real Life Horsemanship, where we go behind the scenes of the horse industry and talk to equine professionals about what it takes to make it in the horse world. This week, we are welcoming Alicia Shirley, a physical therapist who has been steeped in the world of barrel racing for most of her life. Her main focus is helping her clients learn how to utilize their strengths to better perform in the show ring with their horses. We're excited to have Alicia on the show. Welcome to the Real Life Horsemanship Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ava Falcon, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Anna Wilson. Hi. And Meg Bennett. Hi. (laughs) And today we're super (laughs) excited. We have Alicia Shirley on the podcast today with us. Um, I would say, Alicia, you're probably like kind of unique in terms of the other types of guests we've had on. So I'm really excited to just like dive into your business. But first, we like to start off with just asking you how you got into horses in the first place. Okay, thank you, Ava. And thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited. I love this podcast. And I think what you guys are doing is really cool. So well, thank um, you for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that yeah. means a lot. So I got into horses um, when I was little, just kind of by chance, because um, my dad had hunting horses. So He grew up on a ranch um, in Waterloo, and he always used horses for hunting, Um, kind of like the trail riding portion of hunting, and they would go into the backcountry and camp and that kind of thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um, I was exposed, I don't know, maybe when I was like three or four, and I just fell in love. Like, I was totally that horse crazy little girl. um, We get that. Oh, yeah. And we didn't live we lived probably like 30 minutes away from where the horses were. So I was just, I spent my whole childhood just like begging my parents to take me out there wherever they could. Um, And so I got my first horse when I was uh, five or six. Um, My sisters and I actually got him for Christmas. My parents put a big bow on him in the backyard. Yeah, it was so cute. (laughs) Epic, I love that. I know it was perfect. So he was the first like kids horse that we had before that. It was just like the hunting horses. And, um, so from there it just took off. I mean, I, um, I just have always loved them. Um, I bought my first horse with my own money for $400 when I was in fourth grade. Wow. Look at you go getter. My my first personal horse. The other one I shared with my sisters. Um, (laughs) and then, yeah, I just, I grew up Um, I loved to go on hunting rides with my dad. So it like every archery season, I would just ride into the mountains with them. And, um, obviously I couldn't hunt or anything like that, but just, just for the trail ride and did a lot of that. And then, um, I grew up doing Omoxies, um, just kind of on whatever we had at the, at the time. So I, I never had like a really Mm -hmm. fancy horse or anything like that, but, um, just had a ton of fun with it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got into it when I was little. Shout out to your dad for the hunting trips and stuff like that. That sounds like <laughs> such a cool way to get to know horses. Oh, yeah. For real. That was so fun. What did you end up doing after uh, your first childhood horse? Like, what did you, like, what, where did you go from there and what are you into now? Ooh, good question, Meg. Yeah, that was a good question. <laughs> so, um, I kind of got out of horses a little bit um, in high school because my horse passed away. And so my last two years of high school, I didn't ride very much, um, but I still, I was still very interested in horses and all of that. Yeah. Um, I just didn't really have one that, 
that I connected with. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys know, like, when you lose a horse that you, like, really love, like, it's so mm-hmm. hard. Like, it kind of just, like, turns you off to it for a little bit. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. I took a couple years off. So my junior and senior year of high school and then got back into it in college. Um, I met Lauren Reiser, who is someone that you guys should definitely interview. She's an amazing okay. horse woman. Um, cool. But, yeah, she got me set up with um, a horse to lease for uh, barrel racing. Okay. And it was this little foundation bred quarter horse. He was so, so cute and so awesome and just like really, really broke. And um, so I started barrel racing on him and mm-hmm. I just had a blast. Like I was so hooked. It was like the first time I rode him, I was, I was so hooked on barrel racing. It wasn't even funny, but I did not have so, the funds to be a barrel yeah. racer at all. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I leased him for um, probably, oh, I don't know, maybe like four or five months. Um, and mm-hmm. then he ended up getting sold to be a little kid's horse, which is perfect for him because he was just awesome. Um, and then all through college, I just rode whatever anybody would let me ride, like whatever barrel horse anybody would let me ride. So mm-hmm. I got the opportunity to, to ride some young horses, some actually mostly just young horses. <laughs> but um, it was really fun. I relate to um, that on such a deep level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I just I did that through college and then I got my first barrel horse um I don't even remember the year uh but it was um right when I graduated college and mm-hmm. he I bought him from the O'Donnell quarter horses and um so I I bought him or I went and tried him and like fell in love with him and he was out out of my budget so um, oh. I ended up I know it was terrible I I loved him so much and then um because when I went to go try, or when I went to go look at their horses, at O'Donnell Quarter Horses, I was just looking at their two-year-olds, and um, they only had, like, three two-year-olds at the point that hadn't sold yet, and I mm-hmm. um, wasn't super interested in any of those, but they're like, oh, you should try um, our old stallion. We had to geld him because he got in a breeding accident, but he's, like, really nice and, you know, fun to ride or whatever, so, of course, they had me try him, and I just, like, fell in love with him. <sighs> And, um, but that was not like, there was a huge mismatch in the, in the budget. There. So I, um, I left there. I ended up buying another horse from someone else, um, a younger horse. And then the O'Donnell's came back probably like six months later and they were able to work with me. So okay. that I could buy Toro, which was awesome. So I sold that younger horse and bought Toro and I've had him ever since. And he's, like 21 now so that's what I do now is barrel race um I have another mare that is kind of my competition horse um since Mm -hmm. Toro's retired Mm -hmm. and um yeah so that's kind of what I do now but um we also do we do a lot of trail rides we um ride up in the mountains we love to ride into mountain lakes around Melrose Dillon area Mm -hmm. um we move cows so my husband's family has a ranch in Dillon um so all the horses that we have are used for for that kind of work too um yeah it helps them helps keep their mind really sound and stuff from all the competition yeah so cool yeah I bet that's just the best thing in the world for a barrel horse (laughs) to slow down work cows (laughs) yeah yep I love the mind that like cows just make horses better Mm-hmm. I don't like, I think for me, like with the young horses I ride, like 
I'm pretty sure I should give like 75% of the credit of the good results that I have occasionally to cows. I don't know why it helps so much. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know about 75% either because Ruby, the horse that we sent to you, she was around cows a lot and she was, she uh, needed a lot of work. And you did we have magical cows out here. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about your business because I think it's so interesting. I want to talk to you about rider fitness. I want to talk to you about like personally as a cult starter, injury prevention is something for me that I wasn't really focused on in my late teens, early twenties, which Uh was probably a little silly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but now I'm definitely way more like interested in that and I don't know anything about it. So like just dive into your business for us. Tell us about it. Tell the listeners. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to turn this to me. Okay. Um, so Solid in the Saddle is dedicated to horseback riders, just improving their strength, balance, stability, symmetry, everything like that to ride better. Like you said, is Ava for injury prevention, improved performance, decreased pain with riding, and mm-hmm. just overall, um, like, more satisfaction with riding. So I work with a lot of people who maybe they like rode a lot when they were younger and then they took a break. So they had kids, they had their career and everything like that. And then now they're getting back into horses in their middle age and they don't have the balance that they used to have. Um, They don't have the strength necessarily. um, And they just don't feel as confident on their horses. So when they like try to get back into it, it's just, it's a little bit rockier than it was when they were younger. So that um, strengthening is, is like huge for them because it helps people feel more confident, stronger, and just like stick in the saddle a lot better. I love that. So the business name is called solid in the saddle, correct? Yep. Solid in the saddle. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And if people want to find out more about your business and you just in general, where should they go look at? find you? Where can they find you online? I guess it's a question. Yeah, so I um, butchered that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, my website is solid on the saddle.com. Okay. And then they can also find me on Instagram, Facebook. And then I recently started a TikTok. I'm very, very new to TikTok. Um, <laughs> Good luck. I am on the platform. <laughs> um, so, and then I also have a YouTube channel also. So wow. very new to YouTube as well, but, um, yeah, so that's probably the easiest way to find me would be uh, Instagram or Facebook, just because those are the ones that I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And okay. I will say that, so um, I'm a physical therapist, and so that's kind of how I got started into all of this, mm-hmm. um, is just like applying ho- human biomechanics to horseback riding. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of uh, how horse or Solid in the Saddle got started. That is so cool. So, so sorry. sorry. Nope, go, go. I can keep going. <laughs> Cut me I off. Gonna, I was <laughs> say, so you work with uh, people who um, are getting back into riding. Do you work with any competitors or high-level competitors or even low-level competitors? And what kinds of competitors are you working with? Yeah, so I do work with um, competitors. And so far, I have worked with um, a lot of rail racers because that's kind of probably mm-hmm. the, the um, crowd that I know the most. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. so, Barrel racers and rainers and cutters and um, uh, let's see. 
I'm trying to think of all of the different um, people who have came to my clinics, but it's, I would say it's mostly that mostly Mm -hmm. um, like the events that you might see around here in Montana. So, um, oh, and ropers too. So I, so one of the parts of my program is to do slow motion video analysis. And Mm. um, so it's been, yeah, it's been so fun to to do that with ropers like barrel racers it's awesome but I've seen like a lot of slow motion videos of barrel barrel racing but I had not seen a lot of roping and when I was doing that it was like the coolest thing ever so um I would sit on the back of um if you guys are gonna have to help me out but is it a smarty that you drive yeah 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 Yeah. that's that's one word or there's a dummy some people call it a dummy okay yeah it it was the one with the um, mechanical cow that you yeah, drag around. It, yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> sorry. So I was, I, I was, was completely th- lost for a second. I wanted to help. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I wasn't exactly sure what it was called, but so, so basically I would sit on the back of the four wheeler and then yep. they would track the, the dummy, um, dummy yeah. and rope it while I was videoing it in slow motion. So then we could like see if they caught what, where their like body position was and where the hand position was. And if they didn't catch where their body position and hand position was. So it was just like a really slowed down version of, um, of what they like do on a, on a daily basis, like right or wrong. And like the little tiny shifts that may result in a catch or not a catch. Oh, that's cool. That's epic. Yeah. So sorry for the tangent about that, but I just remembered that I had worked with, um, with ropers too. And it was like a, a totally new experience for me. It was really fun. No, that's super cool, and we ask about it too. <laughs> yes, yeah. this is the this is the place for tangents. We welcome them. <laughs> okay, perfect. Tangents Sounds and good. rabbit trails. That's what we're yeah. here for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, and I can go into detail more about like what the video can help with in in those yeah. events and barrel racing and um and raining and also too. So just let me know if that's the direction you want to go. Yes, let's do it. Tell us more yeah. about this part of your program with slow motion videos and like what you offer and how you help coach people with that, I guess would be the question. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So first I will say that I'm not a, I'm not a horse trainer and I'm not a like horse lesson. I don't give horse lessons. I just analyze like the, the rider's movement in whatever right. the activity is. So, um, I, it's, I think that that's like better for the riders because I'm not like trying to like change the way they ride or anything. I'm just identifying like when this was successful, this is what your body did. And when it wasn't successful, this is what your body did. So for example, yeah. So in barrel racing, I, um, I was working with a really competitive high school rodeoer last October. I, Mm -hmm. Maybe it's two October goes ago. I don't know. I had a baby and everything is just the blur. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, her horse was popping off the second barrel. So she would, um, she'd like have a beautiful first barrel, beautiful third barrel, but her horse would like take the, th- the second barrel pretty wide. So I videoed her at mm-hmm. a couple different angles and what we watched it in slow motion. And what we found out was her hips were staying, um, like too square so she would come into the barrel and she um her like her left hip would stay facing forward or a little bit to the right and it would stay like that all the way around the barrel so it was it was um 
okay. cueing her horse to take the barrel wide. So then we just tweaked it just a little bit. We, I just had her, I was like, if you can go in and just sit and just like try to let your left hip open up a little bit. And like, as you come around the barrel, open up your hips by, um, by opening up your upper body to the left. And so it took her, she was like super athletic and a Mm -hmm. really, really good um, rider. And so it took her like two times and she was able to do it. And her horse just like whipped around the second barrel. That's so cool. Beautiful. It was, it was a really cool um, example of how you can just, just like change such, such a little thing in a rider and make a huge difference in the horse. And that's a testament to how broke that horse was too, is just that he was paying attention to her seat so much that he would, Mm -hmm. you know, um, take the barrel wider when her hips were telling him to, and then cut like, just like this beautiful turn, um, when she followed with her body. Man, that's cool. That is. Yeah. Like I've heard a lot of, cause I've been in the English world a little bit, not for a lot of years, but for a few years. And they talk a lot about how much the rider affects the horse, but like, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone actually focus on the rider that much. Yeah. And actually fix that minuscule of a thing. Yeah. And be dedicated to that with their career. <laughs> well, and like you're a physical therapist. So like, you're not just, it's not like me walking into the arena and being like, well, I think you're sitting to the right a little too much. Like you actually <laughs> understand how people's, like you said earlier, biomechanics works, which is fascinating to me. Yeah. And it's hard to see if you're not videoing it in slow motion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. if, if I don't watch my runs in slow motion, I don't pick up on the, on those kind of sure. things. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the app that I use, it slows it down to an eighth of the speed. So that's like really, really Whoa. slow. You can just yeah. see those those small changes yeah that's so cool for those that are for yeah for those who want to know what's the app called oh yeah Um, so it's called huddle um h-u-d-l and um here i'll pull up the recent version on my phone because like i said i had a baby so i haven't um i haven't used it in a while in the recent version let's see I think it's called like Coach's Eye or something like that. But if you just go to the app store and type in um, slow motion video analysis, um, that will. uh, It looks like it's on form. O-N-F-O-R-M. Okay. Yeah. But it's so cool. So um, this might. Are you guys okay with another tangent? Yes. Yeah, I'm looking up your, I'm looking up the app right now. <laughs> okay. Well, so when I pulled it up on my phone, it reminded me of this, um, this feature that it has that is like the coolest thing ever. It allows you to, to draw lines, um, and measure angles. Oh, wow. In, in like screenshots of the oh. video. So, yeah. um, yeah. So a couple years ago I was working with this lady who was working on her sliding stops mm-hmm. and, um, so one of the things that as a as as just like an outside observer um that she was doing was she was leaning back really far when she would try to do her sliding stop Mm -hmm. and basically like the best way to um to get your horse to move well underneath you is to match your center of gravity over their center of gravity Mm -hmm. so our center of gravity is behind our belly button and their center of gravity is 
depending on what speed they're going, but it's, it's a couple inches below their withers. So luckily that's right where the saddle sits. So if we're in the middle of the saddle, our center of gravity is lined up pretty good. Okay. But cool. what happens with this rider <laughs> is that she didn't have, when she would do a sliding stop, she wouldn't, she didn't have the strength to, um, to like use her abs to keep herself over the, um, mm. over the center of the horse without just like going forward. Sure. So she mm. would overcompensate by leaning backwards. Right. So what, what that did, and this is going to be kind of hard to, um, to talk about without like showing it to you guys, but I can, um, I'll do the best I can. You can ask clarifying questions. <laughs> You're doing um, good. You're doing good. It's okay. making sense. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, when she would lean back, her center of gravity switched to um, like way further back than the horse's center of gravity. So his feet couldn't mm-hmm. come underneath himself all the way. It could only come to wherever her center of gravity was going. The, the line mm-hmm. on the huddle video was going straight down. And so mm-hmm. what we saw in the video in the screenshot was um, when she would lean back, her center of gravity, so where her belly button was, straight down her horse's feet met it like exactly so wow um, and i can send you guys that that um picture too i know this this is a podcast but it was like super powerful for her to see um that her horse's feet couldn't come underneath further so of course he would like pop up out of this out of the stop and then walk out of it so his back would like totally hollow out and it was just super uncomfortable for both of them um Mm -hmm as you can imagine, like if mm-hmm. his back, like super hollowed out and stuff. So then we worked on just her, like engaging her core and pulling her yeah. belly button to her rib cage to like really hunch, not hunch down, but like really contract her abs so that right. mm-hmm. you could sit deep without going over the front, um, but also not leaning back. And so then we got a couple more videos of it as she was practicing. And then her horse just like nailed this sliding stop on the last one where she did not lean back. She just like kept herself centered, sat really deep. And if you draw, or or I did, I drew a line of straight down with a green line for her center of gravity and straight down with a blue line for the horse's center of gravity. And his feet met like right. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was, um, that's just a feature that Huddle has that's so valuable because that's something that you can measure objectively. So like a trainer mm-hmm. can um, give someone like a million tips for, for different things, but if if they're not changing like how the, how the biomechanics are of the rider and the horse, then the horse, is, mm-hmm. horse can't really, um, his hands are tied basically. Like he right. can't, he can't do more um, than, than what his rider is allowing him to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting because like I've only worked on sliding stops a few times and hard stops a few times, but that's just so interesting because usually when you pitch forward, the first thing you're told is you don't have good enough balance. And I didn't even think, and they never talk about like the strength aspect or the fact that you aren't engaging your core properly to actually be able to ride that movement. It's usually, mm-hmm. it usually goes back to, you just don't have good enough balance, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. They, they act like it's like, not fixable or it's not something you can work on it's just like oh you have bad balance yeah and they say mm-hmm. that you can improve upon it but they don't really say how to improve upon it but it all goes back to just you need to activate the right muscles it sounds like yeah, yeah that's so cool yeah that's genius i think okay so what are some so let's talk about 
I want to get your perspective on, and this is kind of in line with what you're saying, and I'm so sorry. I actually went out to dinner last night with my husband, so I'm, like, a little sleepy this morning. Usually we never leave our house and we're just hermits, so I'm kind of, like, I actually went out last night. I'm a little asleep. But, oh, no problem. So no sorry problem. if I'm not ar- very articulate this morning. But um, the writer's core, let's talk about what are some things that you have your clients do, Alicia, to help them learn how to engage their core and learn how to use their core to help improve their balance in their writing? Great mm-hmm. question. So um, basically, so... I do a lot of videos because I think Mm -hmm. it's hard to talk people through something that you're not showing them. So I do a lot of videos where I, um, like all of my courses, I, I'm in the video, like pointing to the muscle, telling, giving them the cues that they need to do to activate the right muscle. Mm -hmm. So for example, for, to activate your deep core. So not like the six pack muscles that we all think about as like our abs, but like the deep core, that's the corset around your body that helps like kind of like stabilize everything to activate that. Um, you can think about like really gently, like pulling your belly button into your spine while thinking about pulling your two hip bones together. So you're not actually like if you put your hands on your hips, you're not actually moving your hips toward each other, but that gives your body the cue of like, that's the muscle that you want to be activating. So that's, that's one. And then another cue that I give is, um, to breathe out when you're doing the exercise, because when you breathe out, Mm -hmm. it naturally, um, kind of like uses those muscles. Um, it activates, Okay, at, at risk of going on another tangent. Good. <laughs> There's four parts of your inner core. There's your diaphragm, okay. your transverse abdominis, which is the one that I was talking about that wraps around, and then your pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So all of them have to work together. Like, basically, um, if you think about, like, a pop can, mm-hmm. so they work together like a, like a closed pop can. So if I throw an open pop can to you, Ava, that's empty, and you grab it, your hands are probably going to crush the pop can a little bit, right? Like it, right. It's, it's pretty easy to crush versus if I throw mm-hmm. a full pop can at you and you grab it, it's not even going to move at all. It's not going to deform the can at all. So that mm-hmm. you can, you can apply that to your inner core. So if all That's four it. parts are working, the top of the pop can, the bottom of the pop can, and then the sides, then mm-hmm. you're really stable. Like nothing that happens externally is going to, um, you know, perturb you whereas if one of them isn't active then um you're gonna be it's just like opening the pop can so your system is a lot less stable it's a lot easier for you to get thrown off balance so um okay so i talked about the belly button to spine and the hips for the outside of the pop can um Mm -hmm. and then i'm not going to go into this in super detail unless you guys want to but like your pelvic floor you can just do a kegel like a small kegel um, and then your diaphragm, that's the breathing out part. So as you breathe okay. out, um, you're, you're activating, um, those muscles. So that's one cue that I give to people when they're like trying to use their core in horseback riding is, um, a lot of horseback or a lot of people hold their breath when they are doing like an intense movement. Like if their mm-hmm. horse is, um, raiding down for a barrel they'll like hold their breath and bear down 
right. or if their horse is um, like going into a sliding stop, they'll hold their breath and bear down. Right. But if they just like breathe out through that movement, even if it's just like, um, that mm-hmm. helps a lot. That just helps like the whole, the whole closed system. Mm. Hmm. I'm thinking about ride. Like now I want to go ride yeah. my horses and try a bunch of different things. I know. I yeah. too. <laughs> it's the one thing I don't have time and I want to. <laughs> I know I'm, we're in uh two of us are in Montana and I'm just like can the winter finally go away so that we can oh go practice the stuff you're talking about yes I know I'm with you I I like love daylight savings because it gives us that extra hour but this year it's like there's still snow everywhere oh. so and the ground is snow, still it, frozen yeah I was yeah. gonna say if there's no snow then the ground is still frozen so exactly yeah cheers you know. to living where we live I know. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just gonna Where enjoy do you my live, Anna? Western Washington. Oh my gosh. Yucky, yeah. lucky, lucky. <laughs> so I mean we deal with the rain, but the I mean we've hardly had snow this year. Oh I, if I didn't like you so much, Anna, I'd hate you. <laughs> you could you could just like move here and then like it's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love no it. <laughs> I think I was wondering like how much should the the riders like for lack of a better word their effort like match the horse's effort like should I be working really hard to you know engage all my muscles and work really and ride really correctly or is there something to like being super relaxed and just letting them move under you and like just ride mm, what you're question. given you know okay yeah that's yeah. A, such a good question okay so okay. um in my personal opinion as a physical therapist I would say the first option so you should okay. like horseback riders are athletes and horseback riding is a sport so if you are um if you are like riding with your muscles engaged your core engaged your back engaged your legs engaged then you are like an active participant in that in that partnership and your horse okay. has to work less so that's kind of the whole reason behind solid, solid in the saddle is like one of my first like things that I, that I um, put out there on social media is work as hard as your horse does because okay. like they, they're doing so much to carry our weight. And if we are, if we're not like just a dead weight sitting on top of them, um, but we're like actively helping them, then right. that's, um, that's going to make their job a lot easier. So okay. the, and it, it all goes back to the center of gravity thing. So if you're, if you are like engaged, sitting up straight, using your abs, using your core, using your back, um, mm-hmm. you're able to keep your center of gravity over your horse's center of gravity. And for the listeners, I'm using my left fist over my right fist, um, to like, <laughs> like basically like balance some st- you're stacking your center of gravity over your horse's center mm-hmm. of gravity. Um, Versus if you're just like slouched in the saddle, like letting the horse move underneath you, um, then they're having to work a lot harder because your center of gravity shifts back when you Mm -hmm. do that. So um, they have to work to like pull your center of gravity up, um, up Mm -hmm. like towards theirs. And it's just, it's more work for them. So they're going to get tired more easily. They're probably going to have more issues staying sound if you're doing that for like Mm -hmm. a long period of time. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I would say that for your for your horse's health and your own health, riding balanced is the best the best way to be. That being said, okay. um, I don't think that you should ride stiff. You might be just talking about like riding, like keeping good posture and stuff, but riding relaxed and like letting your horse 
work underneath you while still mm-hmm. like being um, using his body correctly. Where I'm kind of coming from is like, I want to be using my body correctly, but I don't want to feel like I'm working so much harder than the horse and like I'm fighting with the horse. Obviously, sure. if you're doing high uh high-end sport you have to be fit to be able to keep up with the horse especially if the horse is working way harder than you are uh-huh, because if the yeah. horse is outperforming you you're going to be falling <laughs> behind and setting the horse back for failure yeah 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 which i've totally mm-hmm. been on that end like yep. I've, I've been i've like yeah. ridden horses that were like too good for me like too fast mm-hmm. for me um i've had the opportunity to ride with um uh judy milamaki and and she's a barrel racer she's she's been training forever and ever. And like, um, I remember the first time I, I ran one of her horses, it was, let's see, it was last September, maybe mm-hmm. two Septembers ago. I don't know the whole baby thing, but, um, <laughs> the first time I ran this one particular horse, um, it, he was like way snappier than I was riding at that point. And like, Mm -hmm. I felt myself get like rocked back. And I was like, wow, I was like, (laughs) I was behind that horse for sure. So then, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah, it just, um, I would say Meg, like you said, like that horse was working harder than I am and and he was working faster than me too. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's such a great question, Anna. I think that it should, should, if you're like really trying to like get yourself in shape and your horse in shape and ride correctly for, for their soundness and your soundness. Mm-hmm. So you don't end up with back pain or hip pain, then you should, you should be matching your horse's effort basically. So mm-hmm. you should be working, yeah. working as hard as your horse does. Okay. So that feels like such a good transition into your injury prevention, Ava. Yeah. Cause I'm like sinking my <laughs> teeth into this. So yeah. <laughs> when I was 18, I got bucked off a colt and broke uh, three lumbar vertebrae in my lower back. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, like they healed. I mean, like I've had, I've been bucked off since then and had x-rays and stuff done. And that that's never been like, they healed totally fine. Thankfully they broke like the best way, I guess you can break them. I don't know. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a healthcare person by any disorder, <laughs> trainer, but, um, but ever since, so technically there's nothing wrong with Uh bones in my back which is great super happy about that love that here for it but um ever since that injury um when I saddle a couple horses a day or I go and trot a couple miles or whatever I'm doing or I'm getting stepping up and down off a lot of colts in a day whatever it is like or if I like jerk shoes off a horse and I, you know, I'm like picking the, um, holding the horse's foot and pulling shoes off and stuff like anything like that. Um, my back hurts right in the left side of my lower back, like bad. And so I was really stupid when I was 18. I like also didn't have like super good mentors in this way of like taking care of, (laughs) Like, I I don't even think I went to physical therapy after, uh, which seems really silly now. Um, But, like, what are some things that you would suggest for riders who maybe have had injuries in the past or something like that where they have a a part of their body that's always sore when they ride or or do anything, like, athletic with horses? Wow, that was long-winded, but... No, that's okay. That was... That was great. And this is such a great question because I think like 
everybody has had an injury, right? Like nobody that rides Mm -hmm. horses past like 15 (laughs) say that they've never been hurt because yeah, they all have. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm like uniquely like related to you, Ava, because I broke my back in 2020 in a horse accident and I only broke one vertebrae. So you beat me on (laughs) two. I totally get it. It's like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, in being a physical therapist, I did rehab like pretty extensively. So I can tell you like the exercises that I did and the ones that worked, the ones that didn't, and then the ones that I still have to do, um, like currently. So, um, this is exciting. Yeah. So, (laughs) oh gosh, there's so many ways I could go with this. And I wish I had like a model, like a back model that I could just like show you on, but, um, I'll try to do my best explaining it verbally for the listeners. But, um, when you have an injury to an area, um, like, were you in a back race? No, I started riding like two weeks after. Okay. Holy cow. (laughs) You're a tough (laughs) I was dumb. Oh my gosh. Like for the listeners, I was dumb. (laughs) Not scared. Oh my gosh. You're yeah. Ava's tough. So yeah, don't. But, um, I wouldn't do so, it now. Now, if yeah. I broke my back, I'd be like, finally, I get six months off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess let me, I'll, there's probably a lot that happened in that area when you went back to riding that your body was like trying to just protect it. Yeah. So, um, so your muscles just like they can get so tight when they're trying to protect a broken bone. Like they, they Mm -hmm. spasm there. I'm sure you just would like, I'm sure your muscles were spasming like crazy when you would um, either like get up in the morning or at night um, because they're trying so hard to protect that injury, that, that fracture. And that should only last like, like eight to 12 weeks, maybe six to eight weeks, just, just while the bones are actually healing. But what happens is if you, um, if that continues on longer, then it can become more chronic. So your muscles are like overprotecting that area. Um, and they're just working like really hard all the time. Or, um, there's just like, it's not this, this gentle contraction when it needs Mm -hmm. to happen with a relaxation when, when you're not using it, it's more of like, just like this angry, um, yeah, that's what it feels like, like super tight. Like when it gets sore, it just feels like someone's like pinching me there, I guess would be. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's like a little, there's a lot of different exercises you can do to help that. But what I can recommend is that your, your back has a lot of different layers of muscles. So there's like the, the ones that you can feel on either side of your spine and, and, those ones are like these huge, like meaty muscles and those are great, but you don't want those active all the time. You only want them active for like short bursts of activity. Okay. The ones that you want active for stabilization are deeper inside. Okay. And if, if I'm going too deep, just like, no, 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 off. you're like, good. Give me the, give me no. the, <laughs> but um, no, this is good. Hit us. Okay. So those really deep muscles, those are called multifidi. And hmm. they just go from one vertebrae to the other. So they're like, uh-huh. for the listeners, I'm like 
showing my <laughs> their little <laughs> muscles like, yeah little tiny muscles um and they just go from one vertebrae to the next so they stabilize so those ones you want active like all the time basically anytime you're moving mm-hmm. and if those are active and turned on it helps your back muscles or it helps your back pain a lot because it just is like holding them but not like it's not overbearing at definitely. all definitely but unfortunately, what happens with an injury is a lot of times those big muscles, like the big meaty strappy ones, those ones, they just fire all the time. And so they, the multifidi, the little ones, they don't fire. They just get lazy and they don't fire. <laughs> and so a lot of oh, what hurts. physical therapy is for, for low back pain is to retrain people how to get the little ones to fire. Okay. And so, um, yeah, so it's just like way smaller movements that aren't like you're not in the gym like you know ripping out like I don't know those like I don't know uh, I'm not doing pull-ups in the gym or anything yeah exactly (laughs) like like it's not like these huge muscle movements where people are just like you know cranking out like a hundred pounds or whatever it's it's basically like laying on your stomach and lifting one leg behind you while you lift the other arm behind you or something like that so just like tiny little movements um it's really effective. So I would be, I would love to, to just, like I know a couple exercises, Ava, and just see if she work with you. Yeah. Cause I have, um, like I had a writer that just messaged me Monday and a couple weeks ago, I'd given her some exercises to do for back pain when she was riding her horse. And she has like this really powerful horse. Um, and he, he just like, he leaps the barrel so hard that you can like physically see her like, like getting rocked. It's, is, he's really impressive, but I gave her some exercises mm. to help those little muscles activate. Cause yeah. clearly like with a horse that powerful, her big muscles are going to be like, fire <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I gave her some exercises to, um, to, to help her little muscles fire. And she just emailed me Monday or Facebook messaged me Monday. And she sent me this like super, super nice message about how she was expecting to be sore. And she like made a couple runs on him and she's not sore at all. Like she was, oh, that's she had so nothing. Cool. Hmm. And yeah, so I, that's a testimonial that I just put on my Instagram page hmm. uh, because I just like, that's, that's what this program is all about. Like helping riders just like make little tiny tweaks to help them be more comfortable, that kind of thing. So hmm. that's so cool. I should, I should, I will probably message you on Insta. And now I have your phone number, so now I can really yeah. bug you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're sending like two horses to you this year anyway. So maybe we'll just have to make a trip up there. Yeah, yeah. You got, come on out. I live in the wilderness, but. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I, I'll have a pot of coffee, so it'll be good. Well, we're at wrap-up time, and for the last yeah. couple of weeks, I believe that Anna hasn't been here for that wrap-up question, know, so I'm going to throw it of... right back at her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I got this, I got this. So we ask everybody to wrap up with, um, like, your Instagram caption of advice. I kind of phrase it, like, what would you tell your younger self? My younger self? Um... Mm-hmm. In regards to, like, following your dreams and making your business and horse stuff happen. Yeah. In two sentences or less. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We've got so lots of I rules. I have kind of an idea about this that I'm going to have a hard time articulating it, but I just have to like tell you guys that when I was little, I was like so shy that I couldn't even leave a voicemail on someone's phone. Like oh. I would, I would like sit and like record it a bunch of times. And my dad had to help me. Cause I was like, I just hated like the, like, I don't know. I, I don't know oh. if it's like, 
the judgment or I don't know right. what it was that was, yeah. but like doing a live video or doing an interview, like, oh my gosh, those things were so scary to me. You're so good at and, it. I know well, you're I, so natural. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm natural, but one thing I would say to my younger self is like, nobody cares. Like nobody is, people aren't sitting there like r- taking notes on the ums that you say and the likes that you say and that kind of thing. Right, right. And so what I would give myself, the advice I would give myself that would have saved me just like years of social anxiety, I guess, would be people care more about themselves than they care about you. Not in a selfish way, but like people are focused on their own thing. Right. Um, they're not mm-hmm. necessarily like so worried about you. And yeah. um, I, I think that would have gotten me so much further in everything because yeah. I would have just not cared as much. And like now I do a live video every Tuesday with my horseback riders and I just like mm-hmm. get on. And sometimes I accidentally have to have my baby with me. And sometimes I don't, sometimes I <laughs> drink coffee. Sometimes I say, um, you know, it, it just doesn't matter because people don't care. They, mm-hmm. and, um, before I think that that would have been like really hard for me when I was little, like mm-hmm. there's no, no way in the world that I would have gotten on a live video. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love watching advice. your Instagram stuff. Oh, thank I, you. Yeah, I feel like you're, I think I watched a video the other day about like, uh, you like showing how people's hips were tilted in the saddle. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I feel like you're really good at doing stuff like that. But Well, thank you. You've definitely come a long way since your shy, younger self, yes. I feel like. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to have to go stalk you on Instagram. I know. <laughs> Just to see if I can believe any insight. She's fun to stalk on Instagram. I will say I don't. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Alicia, for being on the podcast. Thank this so was great. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks for joining us today on Real Life Horsemanship. We hope you enjoyed listening to our guest today. And if you'd like to keep up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook.